This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by Family Planning Victoria. FPV has been running for over 50 years now. We run lots of education programs for communities and medical professionals across Victoria. We also run sexual health clinics in the city and Box Hill in Melbourne. My name is Anne and I'm part of the FPV schools and community team. We go to schools and run classes for all year levels on bodies, growing up, puberty, consent, sex, reproduction and relationships. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. Today I'm going to be talking to Sarah Powell. Sarah is the CEO of a charity called Pink Hope. Pink Hope is a preventative health hub that aims to empower people to take charge of their own health by assessing, understanding and reducing their risk of breast and ovarian cancer. As relationships and sexuality educators, we are frequently asked about breast health. This is especially concerning to young people who have experienced a family member go through breast cancer treatment. Pink Hope wants to get the message out to young women and people to be proactive about their breast health and understand their bodies. So what could we be telling young people about this? Okay, Sarah, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thanks for having me. Um, My first question is, obviously, can you tell me a little bit about the charity Pink Hope? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Pink Hope is a preventative healthcare charity. So we really um, work with families that have genetic cancer, um, predominantly breast, ovarian and prostate are the cancers that are uh, sort of a a lot of genetic mutations are linked to. Um, However, having said that, we have a lot of people in our community that do have those cancers as well. So we sort of have a real mix of people that are trying to prevent cancer because they know it runs in their family and they have different options around that versus people that unfortunately have got cancer as well. So a real mix. Charity was started uh, over a decade ago by Crystal Bada, and she is, I think, fourth generation um, that have the BRCA1 mutation in their family. Um, But she's the first female that uh, did a, I think she had her mastectomy at 24, 25, um, and there was already changes in her breast then that would would have led to cancer. Um, But she realised that when she was going through her treatment and her surgery, there was no charity for people that are preventing cancer. You know, there's lots of pink charities, lots of breast care, you know, breast cancer charities, but not any that were just focused on people that were trying to prevent it or had a really clear family history. And um, so she started Pink Hope. We do a lot of information and education. That's a really big part of what we do. We have a very strong social media following. Over 60,000 people follow us across all our platforms. Um, so we use that to raise awareness and educate and empower. Like we're very much into empowering people to know their bodies so that they can make the right choices, ask the right questions of their doctors, ask for second opinions um, and, and ask for the right tests and, and what they need. Um, and we work in the advocacy space as well. So we've worked on a few advocacy campaigns to, uh, for example, people with genetic testing couldn't get life insurance. So we worked on a campaign with Monash University to, to get that legislation changed or um We've done campaigns around breast density because it's really important if you do have dense breasts to have different um, types of mammograms because a standard mammogram may not pick up any changes. So we do that kind of work. And preventative health, obviously part of that is leading people towards early early detection. So 
But what difference does early detection make to a breast cancer prognosis? It's huge. And so, you know, I think in the last, I wouldn't like to say how many years, but I think we're around 90% survival rate for breast cancer. But those, that 90% is really based on people that detect their breast cancer early. Um, You know, COVID has unfortunately um, meant that so many people are delaying their screenings. Um, You know, breast um, screen was actually closed in New South Wales and in Victoria for periods of time. Um, And even now they're, they're so far behind trying to catch up. And what that will mean is some people will have later stage prog- uh, diagnosis, which unfortunately usually means more treatment and, and, a, and in some cases a poorer prognosis. So the, the key message is you have to um, go and get any change lump bump checked and not just for breast cancer, for all cancers. Um, you know, the, the, the clear message is go to your doctor and get checked because the earlier you can find out what's going on, the, the better outcome usually. So what is a, what's a normal breast? Yeah, so I mean, look, that's a good question. I might talk about what's not a normal breast. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, you know, breasts are all different, you know, so it's really hard to say oh, what, what's normal. But what, what's not normal is, you know, things like skin colour changes. They, they're the kind of things you should be looking for or, um, you know, lumps. You know, um, we often talk about this pea-sized lump, but not all cancers will be a pea-sized lump. So, you know, you've got to look for other things like changes in your nipple or discharge. But really what we we talk about is if you are filling your breasts regularly, then what you're actually looking for is changes. So when something doesn't feel the same as it did last week, then, and then, you know, and and you don't, breast cancer in in young people is is incredibly rare. So it's not, you can't always jump to the conclusion, but it's just worth keeping an eye on. And, you know, perhaps if a couple of weeks, you've still got that change, well, then it's definitely worth going to see a doctor. And young people often notice changes in their chest at puberty and and we get a lot of questions around this because that's often when we're speaking to young people during puberty and and advising about those changes. And some people even become concerned about lumps during the breast budding stage of development. So what changes should be expected around puberty? Yeah, so I think that um, around puberty, the breasts start to swell um, and they often feel sore, particularly, you know, when you've got your period going through your menstrual cycle. So, yeah, I, I think they're the changes that, that, that young adults will, will notice is um, they'll, they'll feel different. They'll feel like, like I said, sore. They'll probably be swollen. Um, and for some people, they might have some sort of fattier tissue that sort of feels like, you know, denser. Um, but again, you know, it's very different for each person. Mm, different for each person and often uh, young boys don't realize that changes are likely to happen to them as well I've definitely heard of parents just rush rushing off to the doctor because they're worried about this change in their children's chest area but it turns out to be puberty Um, yeah so it's a lot of fear I think around normal changes as well yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I think it's okay if you go to your doctor, you know, it's just because it's it's sometimes that reassurance is what you need and it's always always worth a healthcare professional, you know, checking out anything that you're worried about. Yeah, so a change. If it's a change and you're worried, go to a doctor. Yeah. Agreed. Um, what do you think prevents young people from asking advice about what's normal for them and their bodies from a doctor? I think it's probably lack of confidence would, would be a big factor. Um, and particularly, you know, they're starting to get to know their bodies. Um, and, and sometimes I think younger adults or young people don't know how to sort of articulate what's happening with their body. So they, you know, they, it's sort of like, I know there's something going on, but um, I don't really understand it and I'm not sure how to explain it to someone else. 
Um, I think they might feel a bit sort of insecure about talking to a doctor, um, particularly because it's something that's quite personal, you know, and, you know, all around that time, you've got all the hormones and, you know, everything else going on. So I think it just kind of all feels a bit hard. But I think really you've got to find a adult, you know, whether it's your parent or, you know, a really good GP that you feel comfortable with, that you can have those discussions with. And that's a real argument for um, introducing relationships and sexuality education right through school to give young people the confidence to use those words. Because I know young people sometimes feel uh, afraid or worried about even using the word like breast or they don't know um, which words they should use to ask a question about their bodies. So really normalising that from a young age is going to help young people get to the doctor, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's absolutely about normalising it, talking um, about these things that are completely normal. So, you know, it's happening to everyone. You're not unusual. And I think that might be the other side of it too, is you might think, is it just me? Is there something wrong with me because I've got these changes? But if we're talking about it and showing that this is happening to all, um, you know, to everyone, um, then it doesn't feel so scary to go and have a conversation with someone about it. And doctors talk about breasts sometimes as well as part of their job. So it's not normal. It's not weird for a doctor. No way. Um, what messages would you want young people to have about breast health? I think it's about filling your breasts on a regular basis so that you know exactly how they should, they feel and so that if there are any changes, you can raise that with, with someone, so whether it's your parent or a nurse at school or your GP. But, um, you know... <laughs> We, we often say at Pink Hope that we've kind of complicated doing a breast check over the years. And I think for some people, um, they think, I don't know what to do, so I'm just not going to do it because I'm not going to do it right. But there's really no right or wrong. Like I said, it's about saying, you know, when you're in the shower once a week, once a month, whatever it is, just feel your breasts and then go, oh, that, you know, does that feel the same as last time? Because the more you get to know your bodies, you, the more you know what's normal and then you, the more you'll know when something changes. So it's more that message of breast awareness more than breast checking. Do you have any advice for adults about helping young people be aware of health concerns but not making young people afraid? And I know that parents, if they've been through a cancer situation themselves, this might be something that they're really fearful for their young people. Yeah, look, um, you know, being a, a preventative health charity, um, and a lot of our focus is on family history and, you know, the genetics, people, people that have genetic cancer. Um, we really try, try to encourage open and honest conversations about people's family history. We have, I can tell you numerous stories where people in our community that have sort of found a cousin on Facebook and, and it's saved their life because they found out that this family have, they actually have a genetic mutation, you know, that's going through their uh, that's that's in their family and um, they've gone to get tested found out they have the mutation too been advised to have their ovaries removed because they're at risk and there was cancer in the ovaries you know and ovarian cancer is one that if not found early and um, doesn't have a very good prognosis unfortunately it spreads very quickly to other organs so you know we, we just try and encourage open and honest conversations we have a lot of great resources on our website to help people have those conversations um, but it, it's it is hard, but there are a lot of healthcare professionals out there that can support you into how to have those conversations with children um, or younger people so that it's not scary, but it's just matter of fact. I mean, look, if, if, I'm, if you're happy for me to sort of share my history, I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 29 and I didn't know I had a family history of cancer. I was asked a lot at the time because I was very young. 
But I was sort of, I, I don't know, something in me just thought this isn't right. And, and about a year or so later, I pushed for genetic testing. I do have Jewish ancestry in my family, and these mutations are quite prevalent in, in Jewish um, or Ashkenazi Jewish, which is Eastern Europe Jews. And so I um, pushed for testing, and it turns out I have a BRCA1 mutation. And, um, you know, so I've now this, I had a baby at the time and now I've got an almost 14 year old and she'll be eligible for testing, you know, when she's 18. And for her, it's normal. We talk about it all the time. She's known that this is in the family. She's known that there's a 50-50 chance that she could have inherited the mutation from me. Um, and, you know, we, we'd say it's not a death sentence. And in fact, you've got the knowledge, you know, knowledge is power. So, you know, she'll have options and choices you know and and will be able to do things to prevent herself getting cancer so you know I just think that if you kind of like normalize it like we talked about before that's what we've done in our family my daughter's just knows that that's just you know unfortunately it's not great you know it's where we would rather we don't have it but it is what it is and we talk about it all the time so it doesn't feel scary to her mm. so she's keen to do that test at a young age of 18 she would like to get that done <laughs> At the moment, yes. Um, it's an interesting one because I think at 18, it's quite a lot of, it's it's a big thing to take on at that age, you know, and ideally, you know, maybe around 20 or 21 would be good. However, what they usually talk about um, with families that have genetic cancer is that you need to really think about it 10 years younger than your youngest relative. So at 29, they sort of say, they, they know that the cancer often gets sort of, um, people get it in younger in each generation. So um, we'll probably, but you, things change all the time, particularly in genetic cancer. Um, you know, even um, over the years that I've had my mutation, things have changed so much. So I just kind of, you know, lucky for me, I'm working for Pink Hope, so I'm in the right place in terms of information. But I think it's just keeping an eye when, you know, 18 will get the right advice at that time. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. And you're so right. It does change so much, uh, so yeah. quickly. Yeah. Uh, and I think that would be a really brave thing for an 18-year-old to to walk headfirst into that testing and and make those choices from there. Yeah, and and luckily um, she wouldn't be able to do the test without a lot of counselling and and support to make sure that it was the right time. So there's you know there's a whole process to go through. Uh, but I I do know of um, families where the children at a younger age even have been so they just want to know you know and you can get tested under 18. It's not ideal, but I think if the child's or that young adult is um, so anxious about it, you know, sometimes it's it's better to just let them do the test, you know, you sort of have to weigh up each situation really. So, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, as you said earlier, information is is power for young people and just that awareness and that confidence to ask questions and, and normalising, um, yeah. getting yourself to the doctor if you need to. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Thank you so much, Sarah, for talking with me. You're welcome. Thanks, Anne. Thanks. Thank you to Sarah from Pink Hope. A few things that really stood out to me in that conversation. It's great to normalise a conversation about breasts and breast health with young people. Always go to a doctor if you notice a change in your body, even if it's just for reassurance. There's no such thing as a normal breast, only what's normal for you. Breast awareness is key. You can find out more information about Pink Hope on their website, www.pinkhope.org.au. There's more information on family history and cancer at the Cancer Council. I'll link to that in the show notes. 
For more information about Family Planning Victoria, you can go to fpv.org.au. You can follow FPV on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Contact us directly at doingit at fpv.org.au. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Thanks so much for listening.